Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Studio Insights. Studio Insights is an opportunity for us as a team to learn from each other, um, grow our skills, and talk about what we've been working on so we can share that inspiration with you, our community. So in the Studio Insights, we've got Victoria and myself, Hannah. Um, so yeah, do you want to ask the first question, Victoria? Yes. Um, so I want to know, um, this week you developed a template um, and it's for trainers to use when they deliver their training. Um, so I wanted to find out from you what strategies you use to create that. Okay. So yeah, that was cool. So just to give some context for everyone listening, what we were doing with that template is we were adjusting it in a way so that it was learner and facilitator centric. So we wanted it to be learning that was designed well with the learner at the heart of the solution. So anyone any learning designer who picked up that template would be able to design it in a way that met the needs of the learner and gave them a good learning experience. And then we also had parts in there for the facilitator. So there was a learning designer and then separately there was a facilitator who would pick up the template and use that to deliver the training. So they were like the two roles that we were um, wanting to help through creating that template. So I guess some of the things that we did um, was at the beginning of the learning solution, we always get our learners to understand the why. So we want them to understand why the learning experience will add value to their life. Because if you don't get them in in that very initial part of the training, they're unlikely to want to participate because they're not going to know like why it's worth their time, why it's worth them concentrating. So as part of the template, we wanted to have a screen that was got the learning designer to share with the learners why that specific learning solution added value to them. And we made sure that it was focused on the learner and not, for example, the organisation. So I think a lot of training solutions, it'll start off by saying like, it'll help our business make more money. It'll help our business be more effective. But what we do through our solutions is we really focus on like, how is it going to help the individuals in the room rather than about the business? Because a lot of people... They do care about the business, but they're not like, oh, I want to be, I'm so engaged now, motivated because it's going to do this for the business. It's better if it's like, oh, it's going to help me with my day-to-day -day work. So that was a core part of the template. Um, other things was just making sure whatever was on the screens added value to the learner. So I think a lot of the time with training, um, we can put information on the screen that doesn't actually add value to the learner. And it might be like a prompt for the facilitator so they remember to talk about something or it could just be information that has to be covered in the course. But what we did through the template was we got learning designers to think about would this information on screen actually help the learner change their behaviour in the real world and help them meet the learning objectives? And they took a photo of that screen and looked at it, say, two weeks after the training, would it still add value to them? And if it and it's just like information for the sake of it or because it needs to be added, then we made sure that it was done in a way where either it wasn't put on the screen or it was explained in a way that added value to the learners and helped them do something differently. So that was another part of it. Um, what else do we have? We also did, so for example, you might have gone to a training course before and they'll show like a video or talk about a case study. And then after that, you answer questions about it. So it might be like, 
what should Ben in this situation or what like what would have been the best way to run that meeting or something like that so rather than just questions where it was like talking about whatever was happening in the video we wanted to relate what was happening in the video to the learner's experience so we made sure the questions were like given what you've seen in the video what how would that look in your context or what would you do it's really like fit into the world of the learners and it wasn't just like a generic thing yeah um we also um uh, got them to consider using the Hemingway editor so I'll put it in the description for anyone who's watching but it's a really great way to simplify your writing so it like really cuts it down and make sure that you get to the point with what you write on screen so you like paste your writing into it and then it'll tell you like that word isn't necessary you can take that out this word's too hard to or this sentence is too hard to read simplify it so that is really useful as well when you're creating a training mm -hmm. Then for the facilitator, we just wanted to like really be clear on what they needed to do. So I know we've done like other facilitator guides before that you would know about Vic, um, where it's like, what do they say, do, what do they say, what do they do on each screen? So it might be like, play the video, say this. And you don't have to be super specific because you want the facilitator have to like incorporate their personality, but just to like have them be aware of exactly what needs to happen on each screen and it makes their life like the training course whoever it's delivered by it's pretty consistent because every facilitator is doing and saying the same thing um mm -hmm. their personality to it so that was another thing um i think they were the main things that i can think yeah. of but just a, it's really like our all about putting the learner at the heart of the solution or whoever is going to be using the resource. So for example, the facilitator and the learner, we made sure that everything we incorporated in that template was for them and added value mm -hmm. to it we left it out. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was a cool project. Like I think it's gonna add a lot of value to that client um, and the training that they deliver, just putting that mm -hmm. like and facilitator-centric lens over it, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like it's good to like look at it from both perspectives because like usually you would, if you're just like training certain content, you kind of just think like they need to know this, this, this and this. But like depending on who, yeah, like whether it's facilitated or the learner, like depending on who's actually delivering it or receiving like that training, like you do need to make sure that they're both like equally motivated, I guess. Like you want the facilitator to be like passionate about it, understand everything they're talking about and just like know exactly <laughs> like what they need to do in the moment. Um, so I feel like that's really cool. I'd be keen to see how it turned out. Yeah, it's very exciting to see how it ends up. Like it's the first stage of it, but it'd be cool to see like, mm. yeah, once the client looks at it and we do a little bit more work on it, how it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Well, good question. <laughs> All right, you ready for your what question? Can <laughs> yes. So my question is, so recently we've been discussing choosing the right tool for a project. So by I mean like, are we gonna develop the videos in Adobe Premiere? Or are we gonna develop the e-learning course in Storyline? Or are we gonna use Rise? Um, so I just wanted to know, because we have had lessons on that, what advice would you have for other learning designers who are like in the process of selecting the right tool for the solution they're about to create? Um, 
Well, yeah, I guess when it comes to like storyline and rise, like generally, if we're making like a module, um, like we'll get some direction from the client that usually helps us decide like what would be best for what they need. Um, but I guess you've just got to consider like what is the learning that you're delivering and then like figure out like what the key features are, I guess. Um, and then use that to figure out like what tool has the best assets or whatever that you can use. Like for Rise, for example, I feel like that's sometimes better if it's going to be like micro learning or it's going to be something that they're like the learner might be jumping in and out of because it's easy to see like this is everything in the course. You can split it up by like different sections or whatever and they can just jump in and see what they need. Whereas storyline generally, unless you make like a hub or something, it's yeah. like you're going to go through the whole course. It's not as easy to just like jump in and out of if you need to find things. Um, and yeah, I don't know, I guess like it does just depend what, once you have an idea of like what the learning is gonna look like, you kind of need to look, like do some research on different tools and see like what's recommended for mm. whatever like you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like taking the time to actually have that as a decision you make and not just go sticking with what you're comfortable with or what you've used before. Cause I know that like I, especially with video, like videos, for example, <laughs> um, like I'm comfortable using Beyond to create animations, but like Adobe Premiere, I haven't really used that much. I don't know like that much about how to use it, but there are instances where that could be easier to use than Beyond, but I just need to like set that time aside to learn something new because if it's going to like have a better outcome to the learner then you kind of need to put your own like <laughs> limitations yeah. aside I guess um, yeah. and yeah I guess like giving yourself the time to do that research or to like learn a new tool and not just think this is the only thing I know this is the only thing I'm comfortable with like this is going to be the best because it's the best like for me when it's not like I'm not the one who's going to be doing the training yeah um, yeah, I think just like giving yourself permission to research like watch tutorials on YouTube and that kind of thing like just give yourself the time to play around a bit and figure it out that way instead of just yeah like sticking to something yeah from I the agree. beginning just because you've got like your own biases I guess about what you think's best like just take the time to do all of that first worth like taking the time to research and even though you might think like I don't have time I'm like wasting time like I think if you do yeah. that and, and like really test and look up like what are your options, it can make such a big difference to the rest of the project. Yeah. And because you can end, like it might seem like a lot of time initially, but if you're trying to make the wrong tool work, yeah. you're gonna spend more time doing that than you would learning something else. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It can be it can be like tricky and it is like scary sometimes to think like I'm gonna do this project in something I've never used before. Because obviously you still want to make like the best solution you can and it's harder to think this is going to be really good if you're like I've never <laughs> used this before but <clears throat> like you can learn anything really <laughs> and you yeah. can learn a lot of stuff free too like YouTube most of the stuff I've learned has been like from YouTube tutorials yeah. like they have videos for everything so yeah or forums like yeah there's a lot of opportunity out there to learn new skills so I feel like you may as well do that if you can and if it's going to like benefit the learner and the solution more just consider that I guess definitely and it's good to add like to your toolkit as well like even yeah. a different program and you learn more about it like I think that's so good because it, mm. like 
create learning solutions when you're speaking to clients you can have like so many different tools that you've used in your head yeah be like right this tool's good for that this tool's good for that so it's almost like building like a toolbox that you can share with yeah 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 and I feel like we've found as well like there doesn't seem to be one video editing tool or one like e-learning authoring tool that has everything like there's there seems to be like a lot of similarities across them but there's like certain features you can only get in some things so you don't want to like miss out on ever being able to use that just because you don't know that specific tool right now when it could have like one feature that's going to be the perfect thing for what you want to create yeah Um, yeah (laughs) Yeah, very good another thing I thought like we've got our Facebook group so I think that's a good space to ask because like we've obviously Mm -hmm. like what tools work for certain things recently and some won't use for that now and we'll use another tool like we use Adobe Premiere a lot more than what we used to now yeah. realize it can do things that other tools can't so I think like even just asking in the Facebook group hey like I've got this solution like what tools mm-hmm. do you have? getting like pick everyone's experience in there so you can learn from others as well I think is quite yeah, yeah. yeah like what we've found has worked mm-hmm. and yeah yeah I guess another thing to do that you can do as well if you're trying to decide which tool you want to use is like looking at inspiration from like what other people have created in that tool because you don't always know from just looking like if I just go into storyline and like play around with things you don't like necessarily know what's possible but if you look on like the storyline challenges or that kind of thing like the people like some of the stuff that people create I would never think like you can do that in storyline (laughs) so like looking at things like that and seeing if you really like see if you see an interaction or something that you really like yeah and it's exactly what you want the solution to end up being like you can find like that can help you decide which tool to use once you know that it's definitely possible even if you don't necessarily like don't know how to do it yet yeah people have done it so like you can learn that as well that's really good I love that so I'll put that in the um description so the e-learning challenges articulate yeah 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 they're really good yeah. <laughs> so, um, is there anywhere else I'm thinking where we look at what's possible maybe like YouTube people would share things or like yeah they're probably the main ones but yeah that's a really good idea I love that very cool all right is there anything else you'd like to add on that no I think that is everything I can think of right now <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us for this Studio Insights. Um, Check out our Creator Hub. We have so many resources on there that will add so much value to you as a learning designer. Um, So check out the Creator Hub. It's in the description. And every resource that we've spoken about in this episode is also in the description. And thanks for watching. What's up, awesome human? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of myself, and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, 
aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically, they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff, and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.